Hello and welcome to episode 172 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the lead singer from one of the best British bands out there right now. I'm joined by the incredible Katie Jackson from the band Tigress. We get to sit down and talk all about life on the road, how she's coped during lockdown, songwriting, and the most recent album, Pure Vida, which right now is in my contender for top 10 albums of the year. It really is that great. It's available everywhere, and you should go and check it out after today's interview. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, I like to use the intro of all my episodes to touch base and talk about my last episode. On episode 171, I was joined by Chris Laporto, the lead singer from another amazing band, Can't Swim. Again, I'm so grateful for everyone that tuned in, listened to the interview and have tweeted or Facebooked or Instagrammed me and let me know just how much they're loving Can't Swim, their most recent album and everything to do with the band. So thanks for tuning in and checking that out. But as I said, today's episode focuses purely on the amazing band Tigress and I'm lucky enough to be joined by the lead singer, Katie Jackson. So I think the best thing to do right now is to get straight to the interview. So here's me and Katie talking all things music. So Katie, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) What I like to do when I get a musician or a band member on the podcast is basically try and get an idea of what shaped their music tastes and kind of what bands they listen to today or what influenced them. So let's take it right back to the beginning. When you were growing up at that kind of early age and you're buying those first albums or, you know, CDs, can you remember those first albums that you really fell in love with? Uh, yeah, very, very clearly. Um, so one of the main albums of my childhood was um, Jagged Little Pill. Amazing. Um, yeah, and it's still like my favorite album. Um, it's, it's so funny because I have hilarious memories of it being a kid and um, because there's like a couple of swear words in there i remember thinking um oh my parents are gonna be mad at me and they're gonna take it away from me so every time i knew there was a swear word coming up i would quickly like turn down the volume and do my own like censoring (laughs) on it Um, yeah because i just thought i love it so much i don't want them to take it away from me um but yeah, I just I, I I did I did listen to a, a lot of No Doubt as well, um, and I mean, I I kind of just listened to a lot of stuff that uh, my parents listened to, um, which was like those like prog rock stuff. Um, so my dad used to listen to like King Crimson and like um, Black Sabbath and like <laughs> like those kind of bands that he grew awesome up with. Awesome bands to get into. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, he, he used to play all that kind of stuff and you know, he, um, he used to play drums. So he was always like trying to teach me how to like, clap in time and like learn rhythm and stuff like along to these songs so i guess like you know as well as the influences like it just helps shape uh, musicianship as well and just learn like some fundamentals about music so yeah it's pretty cool like i mean but also there was always like madonna on in the house and like i don't know just a lot of like strong like female I was say, um, a female, isn't yeah so stuff like yeah, no yeah. doubt obviously with gwen stefani um and Lance Morris set, you know, really strong, powerful vocalists that are iconic. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you, I think if you listen to my vocals, like literally you can hear the Alanis influences, like so obviously. And it's so funny because somebody said to me the other day, like um, I showed them the album before it um, was released and and they were like, oh, this song just reminds me of like something off of Jagged Little Pill. And I was was, like so, so happy with that comment Um, because it just, I don't know, it just meant that, yeah, I had been shaped by by something that was actually really important to me. And I didn't even notice um, until they said that, actually. So it was really cool. That's the ultimate compliment, isn't it? If they're comparing you to one of your favourite albums ever made. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so cool. It's just, yeah, it was a really cool moment. So when you're growing up and you're listening to these bands and you kind of fall in love with these female, absolute incredible, iconic singers, at what point was it you were kind of sitting there thinking it's something that you'd want to do? Because obviously we all sit there as a kid and we dream and have a guitar in the mirror and want to be Kurt Cobain or Axel. Yeah, absolutely. At what, at what point was it that you really thought, I'd, I'd actually love to have a genuine go at this? Um, I, I've always, always known that I wanted to do that. Like there's, there's like hilarious photos of me, like holding microphones and like so many videos of me singing. And I, I really remember there, um, was like a tape of like a Madonna concert and I used to watch it all the time, but I used to like dress up in like swimming costumes. Cause I thought like, cause it was like similar to what she was kind That's of wearing amazing. on stage. And then I just like dance around and like, I don't know. It was so funny. I was just mimicking like what they were doing. Um, but yeah, I've always like, I've just always known I wanted to do it. Um, like even at school when they do like careers days and stuff, they were like, uh, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to be a singer. Um, but um, I I mean, I, I didn't like realize any of it until like later on, you know, when I was about 18, I started like actually taking it seriously. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've just I've just always known it was what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, being able to do it is not always easy. <laughs> And do you think it's quite tough as well when you're starting out and people, I think this, you know, all the way through college I was in bands and a lot of my friends were in kind of like Green Day wannabe bands and all this sort of punk bands, but the female fronted bands were always, there's only just one or two, that was it, you know, the, the rest yeah. of the school of the Battle of Bands was all male, you know, dominated bands, but did you find mm. it quite difficult? Well, I think, I think that's why I waited to be, you know, like about 18, because I kind of felt like um, at school, I just didn't, I didn't really know of anyone that would really want to do that kind of thing. Like you said, it just kind of felt like a boys club. Um, So I just was like, um, singing in my bedroom and just not really doing anything with it. Um, and it was only when I started to like go to like music colleges and unis and stuff. And then I met a lot more people um, that, you know, were used to that kind of thing because, you know, like they love like Evanescence or they love like Paramore or they love No Doubt or, you know, like those kind of bands. So they were like, they were like, oh yeah, this would be really cool. Um, so you know i think that's why it took me uh, a bit of a time because yeah just just felt a bit like a boys club but um yeah and i i just i just didn't really know what to do with with it um so yeah i just i just didn't i just literally sung on my own in my bedroom (laughs) so what point was it that you started to get a band together can you remember those first times where you got maybe you know did you audition or did you get musicians together or did you have a group of friends how did it all come about 
Um, so it's always a group of friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the stuff I did before I met the guys in the band was always just like, um, yeah, just like mates at like college. And then when I moved to London, that's when I met the band. Um, so they just quickly became friends of mine because we just connected through our taste in music because like we we would we would like go and hang out at these like like bars and stuff that play like rock music or whatever and you know like as soon as the song comes on that you love and that every that they love and whatever you're kind of like oh yay and then you just gravitate towards each other um so so it's just that kind of thing um and then um and then yeah we just started like playing uh, music together because i mean it was important that that people were good at what they did as well because you know like you can be like best mates but you still gotta be able to use your instrument right yeah. <laughs> so, so that that was important but I mean the school that we went to like I mean you were guaranteed that everybody could play so it was so it was really cool um and then yeah we we just we just gelled um and it was kind of like um a lot, a lot of people at our uni were really into like funk or like jazz and stuff and we were just like oh nah like it's just it's just not not our thing like it's they're great genres they're just not our genres yeah. um and uh and yeah so it just it just made it even more obvious that we should hang out together <laughs> and with the band obviously you're now 2015 you formed wasn't it so it's sort of uh, six years ago which is crazy yeah can you remember those kind of first rehearsals can you remember like the buzz was it there instantly or was it something you had to work on or you had to try and change some dynamics and stuff or was it something you just knew that moment you got in a room it just was going to work yeah I mean it I mean with us like it was always just going to work with us because yeah fundamentally we were we were mates and then we all had the same taste so it was just so easy to just start working together and like our writing process um like it it rarely happened in a rehearsal studio it was always um you know like I'll write a song on my own or Sean will write a song on his own or Tom will write a song on, on his own and then we bring it to the rehearsal and then we just play around with it and just start to get um get it more established and play around with structures and and ideas and stuff so it was always quite like um uh quite organized so it just made it really easy um and and we were always like sending demos between each other um and then just filtering out the stuff that was cool and the stuff that we just thought was really generic and boring and then and then and yeah it just just made it all really easy um and you know we we had a really great start to um to tigress um because we we got in the studio with Max from Yumi at Six and John Mitchell and um, we were just like playing around with a bunch of ideas. We were originally going to release an album actually, like straight off just release an album, but we couldn't really like establish a good enough sound. So we ended up ditching uh, like half of the songs we recorded, which we've still wow. got the other half yeah. of like of the album that never got released. Um, but yeah, but we've we've never we've never used it. But we actually listened to it um, like a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it was hilarious. <laughs> We're just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe we did this. Um, 
but yeah it's, it's a funny thing to think about now so i mean because we were never ready to release a debut album then and i'm so glad we didn't i'm so glad we waited yeah. until now because we did we had no idea who we who we were what we wanted to sound like we were just literally like playing around with stuff um and it and it took three eps and obviously like so many more songs than just the three eps we released yeah. um to realize what we actually wanted to sound like yeah it's all about trying to find your way isn't it because with so many different minds, so many different tastes all coming together, you're going to get different influences and everyone needs to be happy. The last thing you want is someone on this, you know, playing guitar on stage who's kind of like, this isn't heavy enough for me and they're just plodding yeah. through. So it comes really transparent from the audience if someone's not having a good time. So the fact that you guys took the time, yeah, you tested the water with a few EPs, but then it all came together and you knew that's the sound we want to be. Mm-hmm. Instead of yeah, just going, here's yeah. our album and now we don't sound anything like that and we hate it. And now we're trying to reform ourselves as a whole new product, you know? Yeah. And, and that's such a difficult thing because people's first impressions of you are so hard to change. Like, you know, like there, there'll be bands that um, I listened to like 10 years ago, whatever. Maybe I was like, oh yeah, it's not really my thing. And they're probably doing something like crazy different now, but I just still see them as whatever they were 10 yeah. years ago so it's such a shame but I think we really had that in our mind when we were doing this because we just thought you know it it is important you know your first album really cements what you sound like because EPs everyone knows EPs are just you like trying to figure out what 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 works for you what people enjoy but you know not just what people enjoy what you enjoy you know because as much as it is about what other people like you have to be authentic and like you said if you're not authentic it's so transparent um and people can literally spot it a mile off so i think with with this album because it is completely authentic and it's like brutally honest it's it's completely clear that it's every bit ourselves and and you know it's just i mean you can hear influences of like i said like you know like alanis or like you might hear some like no doubt he's like influences or whatever but you know those are they're products of our our upbringings and and stuff and you can hear who the guys are influenced by like in their guitars like like you know sean loves like muse so there's like you'll hear like some like muse-esque like influences and and like you know like josh our drummer he loves incubus um and so so you'll kind of like um just hear like a combination of everyone but it's 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 done in a way that we love like because we we all grew up um around like um the classic um more like 90s early 2000s like grungy yeah um like brit poppy kind of like music right so you know there's just a lot of actual real instruments and we're trying to steer clear um of electronic sounds because we just wanted to take it back to like the whole like you know like feeder era yeah, band, <laughs> guitar drums bass vocals yeah exactly because it's it's what just really resonates with us um because you know we just wanted to kind of get away from 
electronic robotic music and just be real um we wanted to be able to sit down with an acoustic guitar play all our songs and everyone be like the songs are still awesome rather than being like oh well the song is actually really really heavily reliant on the electronic side of it so therefore it doesn't really work that much acoustic we didn't want any songs like that so that yeah we can just you know go anywhere be anywhere someone's like play this song all right we can but it works <laughs> the other way as well i think what's quite important and i think a lot of bands i've been kind of disappointed when i've gone to see their live show is that they rely too much on the production in the studio so it's overproduced it's got all these different synths and background effects and backing tracks and all these overdubs and then when you go and see it live it's really weak because they yeah, can't obviously true. play it so you go and watch them live and you're like oh doesn't it's really feels stripped back and it isn't it's just because they've gone so overboard in the studio and i love the fact that a band can be traditional that you know i go and buy a ticket for someone like deftones and it's the same mm -hmm. band that i see on stage than is on the record and i think that's so important because it's it's nothing worse than going to a gig and coming back kind of feeling like let down and deflated yeah 100 and and also like i i always make it a rule that i never record anything vocally that i can't do a million times live because i hate when vocalists like just bail out on stuff like yeah you know like as a vocalist that is our job right yeah. we've got to be good at vocals and I have like studied super hard even though people like maybe don't think that's cool I don't care like I love studying vocals like it's my job so you know it's really important to me um but also like I don't like my vocals to be heavily edited at all like mm -hmm. I, tr I try and sing them really well and then you know we'll add like some nice like effects but not nothing crazy mm -hmm. um because I just I just want to sound like me because then otherwise I get on stage and people are like, what even is this? This doesn't sound like what I enjoyed listening to in my headphones. But there there is there is a song on the album as well um, called Starting Tomorrow, which um, is a lie. It's live. So we didn't touch that one at all. So it's great because it's got like little out of tune bits or bits on my voice. It's like breaking a bit. But well, I love cool. that. That raw yeah. sound and that that that's something really special about that it captures oh, it um i had beartooth on the podcast recently and their tracks literally sound like a performance it's not you know they've captured that absolute energy of what a room would like with them all there with their instruments rocking out and you know yeah. there's something i love about that you can hear yeah. the symbols not quite right you know or there's a bit of feedback and that's what you want i want it to be yeah. a performance yeah well uh, that is you'll hear quite a lot of that on ours i mean it's it is there there are points where like um like we we did a song called um feel it and in the demo um sean was like playing this like guitar solo-y like line over this instrumental section and he kind of like stopped because he didn't really know what he was doing. And then he just like started again and, and all this kind of stuff. But we kept that. So we just put the demo like on the album because it was like, that's so cool. Um, the fact that it's like, duh, uh, duh, 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 and it's like, awesome. it's just really, it's just really cool. And and yeah, and there's like, there's there's quite a lot of stuff on the album, which is just one take, uh, me singing and um, and uh and there's like quite a lot of stuff that's just um 
me and Sean in a room together with a room mic. So, you know, obviously no editing can happen there because there's too much bleed yeah, from yeah. from each of us. Um, but it's just so nice because, you know, we're, we're so used to like playing um, and performing together that, um, you know, like, for example, with with starting tomorrow, we we we'd never done that song together the first time we ever like he ever played it and the first time I ever sung it um was on that one recording it's just one take straight on the album first time we ever did it and and you can you can hear it because I am like so into it like it I literally like was so into it it's so cool and you can just hear it like like there's like it's you can't hide you no. cannot hide and and i think it's because when you do that 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 first time like nothing feels like a first like run through because you are just so excited and you just want to put everything into it and the more you the more you do it for me personally the the less you kind of get out of me yeah. um yeah. just because it's kind of like w- once you've made a point you feel like you've made it so then it's quite hard to keep making that same point um but so that's why like lots of the album is just first takes um i love how proud and happy you are you're beaming you can't probably see yourself oh my gosh, i literally love it it's incredible <laughs> and that's so good that's what you want you want to feel that for your own product you know oh my gosh i literally like our album is my favorite album it's like it's up there with jagged little pill and i am like I, I literally love it. And every time I listen to it, I just get completely lost in it. Um, and I think I think the reason why is because it's so genuine and every we all just mean every second of yeah. it. And um, I really hope that people just get that when yeah. they listen to it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And obviously and it's a, it's a not a great subject but with the whole journey to this album you've sustained quite a bad injury to your <laughs> wrists haven't you i know yeah it's not really yeah i know it really sucks because obviously like we had the pandemic and then so we weren't able to play yeah and and then i yeah foolishly decided oh, I'm gonna take like a couple of days off because like you know I just worked like throughout yeah. the whole pandemic because there was nothing else to do and then I was like oh I'm gonna take a few days off and then I did and then I had an accident and yeah just I mean it was it's such bad timing because because <laughs> yeah we had we had lots of shows planned and and stuff like around the album and we were supposed to be rehearsing loads and I'd um spent the pandemic learning to play guitar so that I could play because there's a lot of acoustic guitar on the album and the guys wanted to play like their parts but there's an acoustic part and I was like I don't want to put it on track I'll I'll learn because you know I could I could like play like a few chords or whatever but I wanted to like properly learn so I just played every day for 18 months and then like yeah like achieved loads but then had this accident and I haven't been able to play for so I'm seven weeks in now because I had to have surgery um so yeah and I got a couple of weeks until I can attempt to use my wrists but obviously I won't be able to play (laughs) straight away you know there's got to be like 
physio and yeah the rehab's gonna be it's gonna be quite slow from what i gather um so it's it's just awful and like i broke my nose as well so it was really difficult because like for the first like two weeks like i couldn't even smile because it hurt so much so you know i wasn't able to sing because that just hurt um and even now i've only been singing like a little bit um because once you have even like two weeks off of singing you have to build it up again um to be back at the standard that you were because you know as a singer you're kind you're like an athlete but just your you know the muscles that you train are in your throat so you know i have to build that up again but it's difficult because during my operation obviously they put a tube down your throat which is like a singer's worst nightmare to be honest so yeah i'm having to do like some vocal rehab um as well as yeah waiting to do my (laughs) rehab on my wrist no it's not good and it's awful timing because obviously yeah the album is out um and and yeah it's it's been very difficult because i haven't been able to do anything for myself um but the guys have been really good and yeah and all of like our booking agents and like um pr team and record label and stuff they've all just been like it's cool we'll just we'll just have to work a new schedule um because there's nothing we could do about it. Um, so yeah. How much are you going to think? You know, when it comes to the cast coming off and the rehab going and everything else, that first yeah. day that you get to go back on stage, hold that microphone, and see a room full of people is going to be worth everything you've got to go through. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like it, it was so it was so weird because like the first the first night um, that I was trying to sleep after the accident was obviously really hard because of it was. There's a lot of pain when you have multiple fractures and and all the other injuries and stuff and and I was just like oh my god like just all I could think about was like I can't play guitar like we had a music video that we were supposed to shoot and we had to rewrite well so Josh our drummer he he went to film school over the pandemic and he learned to direct and stuff and so he's directed our um last two music videos and i literally rung him on the way to the hospital because i was supposed to be shooting a music video in four days and i was literally sitting there on the floor like my face was bleeding so much and i was like i was like the music video that's the first thing i thought of because i was like you know if my face is bleeding this much i'm obviously not gonna look great (laughs) in a music video right yeah so i just rung him on the way to the hospital and i was like man i'm really sorry like i've had an accident and like yeah we're gonna have to sort out the music video and he was like why are you even bringing me he was like you're such an idiot and i was like no but it matters like do you know what i mean it all matters like so much and um and he he rewrote like the narrative for the video um and and yeah he did such a good job with it like it's perfect um so just just all these things and and i'm i mean yeah when when i get back to it it's gonna be so good um i mean so november is our first shows and i'm just like I'm just going to have to work so hard to be able to get back to a point because currently like my wrist can't move. So <laughs> and like playing guitar, they contort into all different shapes. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a real tough one. But if I if I manage to do it, it, it'll all be worth it. I, yeah, if, if I manage to achieve that, then 
Yeah, I might just end up like crying after the first <laughs> show because <laughs> this has been one hell of a like eighteen months. Like yeah. seriously, yeah. What I do on the podcast is to try and make it original is ask the guest that's on to choose the outro piece of music. So I put you on the spot and it's going to be difficult because I find that anyone that writes songs or is from a band really struggles to whittle it down just to one. But mm. what I want to do is put you on the spot today and ask you what song you will choose for today's episode. It can be a song from a band you absolutely adore, something that's got a lot of meaning, but you can only have one. Now, I know in a week you'll want to email me and say, actually, I've got six songs. Like, <laughs> you, know, you want to change your mind when you're thinking at three o'clock in the morning and you think, oh, God, I should have picked this. But what's the song that comes to your heart and soul when you think about this episode? It's all wrapped up. It's all edited. And then the outro music plays that sums up you perfectly. That is something that means more to you than any other song. Ooh, OK, well, it's definitely got to be something off of Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. 100%. I'd have been shocked if it wasn't Alanis. Yeah, no, it has to be. Um, ooh, okay, wait. It down from twelve to one or whatever. That yeah, am I, let me just let me just get the album up. Oh, oh, this is so hard. I literally love this whole album. Do you know what? I feel like I I love not the doctor on Jagged Little Pill, which is quite funny because of my current situation. That seems perfect. <laughs> Literally, because I love I love that song. I just love I, I don't know how she does it. Like, just I don't know how she writes just these most perfect lyrics. Like, I take it you're going to go to the 20th anniversary shows. Yeah, oh, 100%. Do you know what? Like, I really tried to go and see her um, acoustic Jagged Little Pill, Trevor's yeah. Empire. I did not get a ticket. I was livid. And then I was like, oh my God, who can I ask? I asked everybody in the industry. And I was like, who's putting on the show? And then one of my friends was putting on the show. And I called him and I was like, I was like, come on like you've got to help me and he he was like I'm he was like I promise you I would he's like I'm so sorry he was like I'm not even allowed to go because he said the only people that are allowed to go from the from the industry is only people on Alanis's list he was wow. like he was like no one from the promoting the promoters anyone is allowed to go he was like she wants fans only and I was like but I'm a fan <laughs> Oh. I know, and he was like, I can't help you. I was like, this is the worst day ever. But so, luckily, we've now had a whole tour announced where we can all go and... Exactly. Have a good time. Yeah, 100%. I will it's be been back. an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm really excited for people to hear Pura Vida. Yes, awesome. Um, it's going to be incredible. And to know that you're playing at the end of the year is going to be great. And I hope, you know, we can probably catch up in person. I'll come to one of the shows. We'll have a beer and, you know toast to the all this crap we've been through for the last two years yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> so there it is there's my interview with me and the amazing katie from the kick-ass band tigress like i said at the start of today's interview they're one of these bands that i've fallen deeply in love with i can't wait to see them play some shows next year and i really truly believe that their brand new album pure vida should be listened to right away Go and buy it on vinyl or CD. That's the best way you can support these bands. But if not, go and stream it on all the sort of platforms you're used to because this album is amazing. 
and then jump on markandme.com and let me know on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram what you think. One of the best things that I can ever do from this podcast is to read those comments from you guys that discover a new band thanks to this podcast and I really can't wait to see people fall in love with Tigress just like I have. And I'm sure after today's interview, just like me, you'll then go and check out and listen to Alanis Morissette again, Jagged Little Pill, because it's what I've done since I've done this interview with Katie. And hey, that's an awesome album too. If you really want to support the podcast, you can go on markandme.com. On there, there's links to my official Patreon account. For on there, you can sign up for as little as £1 each and every month. And for that, you're getting a guaranteed two episodes every single week, completely free. But as a way of saying thank you, thanks to the big, awesome sponsors of the podcast, Last Exit to Nowhere t-shirts and the amazing Vice Press News, I have some awesome prizes to give away. I have some of the best movie t-shirts and also some prints that you can't even buy, some variants or signed artist proofs, so a massive thanks to those guys for supporting me. You can do this for as little as £1 per month, and that's absolutely nothing when you think you're getting 8 episodes and an opportunity to win some awesome prizes that money can't buy. But if you don't want to support me, I completely understand. The podcast will be continually free, and you can support me by just sharing it across your social media networks. Hit that retweet button, share it on your Instagram, or share it on Facebook. It gets my voice out there and hopefully a brand new audience and brings me a whole new listener base to this podcast and it's completely free. So please keep hitting that share button. You do not realise just how much of an effect it can have. I'll be back in only a few days time. So until then, listen to Tigress, take it easy, look after yourself and I'll speak to you all soon.
For your fractured heart and its wounded feet And I don't want to be a substitute For the smoke you've been inhaling well, What do you thank me? What do you thank me for? Visioning hours at 9 to 5 And if I show up at 10 past 6 Well, I rather than know That you'd find some way to 